Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more, and everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. Indochino's process is simple. Choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. Right now, you can get $30 off your total purchases of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchases of $399 or more. It's an incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. Welcome to That's uh, Good Sports Podcast. Uh, I'm Brandon Perna here with Will Keys. We've got football to discuss today out of uh, our mouths for you to consume. And yes, we missed last week. We did not post a podcast. I told Will we'll do it Friday because we usually record Thursday and that was Thanksgiving. And then I really screwed up and just got too busy to do it Friday. So blame me in your hearts, but take to Twitter and blame Will. <laughs> no, it was a equally 50-50, both of our faults. I don't think any of us wanted to do it uh, a day after Thanksgiving. That's really not a day for doing anything. No. It's it, really not. It's tough when Will and I kind of have the same mindset of Will was hoping that I would cancel and I was – just planning on canceling and then yeah, and you're hoping that i wouldn't like remind you or anything yeah i'm just waiting for will <laughs> to not send me a, a text saying hey we're we gonna re- record and he didn't <laughs> and i didn't take the initiative to do it uh but we are back here today and back, drew lock has since played so we're gonna talk a lot about drew lock for you broncos fans uh ron rivera got fired that was surprising uh 49ers radio uh, analyst Tim Ryan suspended for something very weird and something I've done here, but just kind of on the opposite side. Well, you might be suspended from this podcast. I might be suspended from my own yeah. fucking podcast. Uh, and then Will and I are going to talk about some of our favorite underrated uh, offensive players. I realize we only had one defensive guy on our list so far, and I want to try to make this into an episode. So, um, you know, we'll we'll talk about some guys that are playing well, maybe not getting the recognition they deserve, and then we'll get our picks. And since we took a week off of picks, uh, I think I'm ready to kick your ass again because the last week we did it, you really – you handled me, Will. You handled yeah. me. And it was not pretty. Well, good luck. I'm going to just tell you good luck with that. Another thing is we have uh, – Another exclusive Patreon video coming out soon. Yes. That uh, I recorded today. That'll get edited and should be up Friday. So uh, Will wrote me a very good Patreon episode. I added a couple lines here and there, but Will did the grunt work. It's my exclusive Power Rankings episode, which is also featuring why the Patriots won't get to the Super Bowl or – probably will actually that's, yeah won't get the, to the Super Bowl. No, that's they're not going. They're not going to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I guarantee it. 
We're guaranteeing it. It's, it's finally like a real yeah, guarantee. Super Bowl. What's that? It's Joe Namath guaranteeing a team won't win the Super Bowl. Exactly. We are the Joe Namaths of losers. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, okay. So some of you might be asking, hey, Will, you're, you're usually drinking LaCroix or some kind of coffee. Well, I've got my beverage today. It's a bottle of Windex. <laughs> Do you ever see that Steve Martin movie? Uh, oh, fuck. What's it called? Bowfinger. The, the Man with Two Brains, where no. <laughs> uh, uh, there's like a guy who kills people with Windex and <laughs> that kills their body but keeps their brain alive. And then Steve Martin is one of the brains and he falls in love with another brain in the movie. I have not seen that movie. Oh, uh, it's good. Uh, it's I'll, def- I'll definitely check it out though. If you like those eighties, <laughs> early nineties comedies, it is. Okay. Bad. Okay. Uh, what do we think about the, uh, the Irishman? Have you seen the Irishman yet? Yeah, I watched that. Okay. I watched the first hour of it last night at like midnight. That's a that's a late time to start a, a long movie. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. My wife and I watched it in two parts as well, and it was mostly because we started it a little late, and she was just really tired. Yeah. Um, which you can do, like. You can absolutely do that. You can. People complaining about it being too long. It's uh, it's really funny to me because those same people will watch like ten episodes of The Office, Office back to back to back. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, yeah. I think it's just knowing yeah. that an episode will end after 20 minutes gives people comfort. And when they see long things now, it scares them. Yeah, we need to... Um, no, uh, it was playing in the theaters a couple weeks before it came out on Netflix. And I debated seeing it. Just I don't think I can sit in a theater for... for uh, how long would that be? That's uh, a long time. 210 for, minutes? Yeah, going to a theater, I kind of get... Um, but like I watched it and I really liked it. Uh, but in terms of, if you want to be like really critical, I think some of the, the, like the dialogue ran on too long in scenes. Uh, I felt like if you want to talk about being able to shorten the movie, (laughs) some of it kind of felt like old men just complaining back and forth to each other a little bit, but then that's also kind of like, I guess maybe part of it, but uh i really i liked it i thought it was pretty good the only thing i had a problem with so far was uh cgi robert de niro like he's supposed to be younger and like his face is supposed to be younger but he's still got his old man body and he moves like an old man yeah he he never really looked up like very unconvincingly like an old man uh so that was a little strange but you know what let's talk about a different irishman Drew Locke. True pop, drop, and lock it. Baby. I don't know for a fact that he's Irish, but let's go. He looks it. Irish enough. Yeah. Yeah, say so yes. People, he, most white people are Irish a little bit. Yeah, he kind of looks like you without a beard. Yeah, he should think, you know, he should think about growing one. He should. I don't know if he can. Um, be concerning if he could not. But I tell you what, he looked really handsome during the national anthem. Uh, when they showed him, that was big. Uh, a lot of confidence, a lot of swagger. Like people have have talked about, it's kind of one of his best uh, his best attributes as a quarterback. Yeah, um, but I was I was pretty impressed. I was uh, I was I don't want to say surprised because I didn't uh, I didn't go into it 
with super low expectations like I think a lot of people did. Um, I just thought he was confident and he knew what he was doing, and he didn't play like a rookie, although the, the coaches treated him like a rookie. Yeah, which is – I mean, that's okay. I think that's, that's fair kind of – like, I think you have to sort of prepare that way going into a game like that. And anybody outside of Denver who may be just looking at, like, Drew Locke from afar and maybe didn't watch the game will look at his stat line and be like, oh, that was – he didn't – Yeah, 4.3 so yards per attempt. 134 uh, yards, he didn't do shit. And – That's just not – yeah, that's and let's, telling on yourself for not having watched the game. Right. But let's even be more honest, like 30 of those yards were a, a garbage time throw to Cortland Sutton before half. So hey, not you can say his stats, that throw. his stats were a little padded. But well, maybe if he doesn't get – if Cortland Sutton doesn't get interfered with on that last play, maybe that's another 40 yards. Exactly. But like here in Denver, people or are – Deshaun Hamilton doesn't drop that easy pass. That, oh, that would have been a touch – that would have been a three-touchdown game touchdown. probably. Maybe a touchdown. Um, yeah, you can look at every game and kind of pick apart those sort of things. But right. in Denver specifically, Rich Scangarello is now on the hot seat. Uh, people so fucking are, stupid. are crucifying him here in the local media. That's why I'm um, so glad I don't have to listen to oh, the, dude. that radio all day. I was out, like, I had to go to the dentist yesterday, get a haircut. I met my parents for brunch, uh, after my dad, I went to the dentist. My dad had a colonoscopy, so we were basically getting both ends ex- inspected. Yep. And both came out pretty good. Yes, uh, so haircut looking worried. nice. Haircut looking nice, if I may say so myself. Yeah, see, oh, I had a, I had a, <laughs> I had a real hip guy cutting my hair, and I felt confident he was going to do a good job. I was like, while yeah. he was cutting my hair, I was like, I will never be as cool as this guy. No, it's always sad when you run to someone much, much cooler than you. Yeah. You have to try to keep up, and you realize you just can't. Like, he had oh, a cool I feel, guy. I feel watching Drew Locke. Right. <laughs> he, had, he had a cool guy haircut, tattoos yeah. on his hands, Ooh. cool glasses. I was like, fuck, this guy fucks for sure. And he does. He, uh, he did a good job. Anyway, yeah, D- Drew Locke also definitely fucks. Are you looking for a great gift for someone in your life that's not your imaginary friend? Well, Harry's is a great gift that's both thoughtful and practical, also real. It's a great deal for you and for him. Holiday sets start at just $20. That's within most secret Santa limits. And Harry's Blades refills are also as low as $2 each, so your guy will save money over time. A special offer for fans of the show, as we have partnered with Harry's to give you $5 off of any set, including their limited edition holiday sets, when you go to harrys.com slash bluewire. Plus, you'll get free shipping. Each Harry's shaving set comes with a weighted handle with an option to engrave, five blade razor cartridges, foaming shave gel for a rich lather, travel cover to protect your blades, and it's all packaged in a handsome holiday gift box. Free shipping ends on December 16th, so act now. Just go to harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire. The holiday rush is here, and you have to be able to ship orders quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of all of those orders, decide which shipping carrier to use, or if you're getting the best rates? 
Luckily, ShipStation can help. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door and delivered in time for the holidays. Take the hassle out of holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation help you handle it all with ease. Just use my offer code BLUE to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, enter offer code BLUE. ShipStation. Make. Ship. Happen. Okay, so watching Drew Locke, and then kind of re-watching some of it, like, I was impressed with him too, and I was like trying to figure out why I was impressed with him because there was a big span in that game where the Broncos offense did nothing. We saw them drop a big lead again. They still haven't thrown a fourth quarter like touchdown. They're a shitty scoring team in the fourth quarter. But it's his, I think two things. His confidence, like you said, is very high for a guy making his first start. His athleticism, he surprised me with his mobility and he's not scared to throw the ball under pressure. And it felt like right. this season, Joe Flacco, very, very iffy under pressure. Um, and Brandon Allen did some good things, but and also had the mobility. But it just felt like watching Drew Locke that he had something that those guys don't have anymore. That, that intangible sort of like, okay, I'm willing to ride and die with this guy because – He's got the arm to make all the throws. He's not going to be scared to make throws, which I think is a nice thing for a Broncos quarterback, and we haven't fucking seen that for a while. And um, he's going to give guys a chance to make a play. We saw that early with that great Cortland Sutton touchdown pass. Yeah. Um, So I think it's just some of like those little things that once he kind of settles down and really like where he's inaccurate is him kind of, his mechanics break down a little bit like he's throwing off his back foot or getting, you know, I don't know. He's, he knows he can make a throw with his arm, but uh, maybe once he sort of learns to handle and read the field uh, as a, an NFL QB, he'll make those throws. But that's kind of like my takeaway from it. I don't know what your thoughts were. Yeah. I think the two things that really impressed me the most were the zero sacks, first of all, playing behind uh, the Broncos' offensive line going you mean, up against. You mean playing behind Garrett Holds, Will? Yeah, Garrett Bowles played pretty well. He yeah. played okay. He played uh, all right. Considering he was going up against Joey Bosa, um, yeah. a little bit of Melvin Ingram. Yeah. Uh, so that's what impressed me. Like, he he didn't – you know, he locked onto the first read a couple times. But, you know, sometimes you really need to go to that first read when you know that you're going to be facing pressure. So I was impressed uh, by the fact that he wasn't sacked. Um, I'm sh- I don't know if that's the first time that's happened all season, but uh, it definitely feels like it. It might be. Yeah. Uh, another thing was ball placement. So I'm thinking of a, a particular throw on that second touchdown drive uh, after Draymond Jones had the interception. I think it was third and one, third and two or something, and he throws a little uh, a little flare out to Jeff Hireman. Oh, and- right. Adrian Phillips, I think, is coming in to hit Hireman. So if he throws it a little bit behind Hireman, he gets hit at the line of scrimmage, doesn't pick up the first down. But he throws it to the outside shoulder um, to Hireman, who's on the run. 
who's able to catch it and turn around and square up his hips uh, and then power his way to a first down. That's the difference between uh, three and seven points. Yeah. I think, like, the arm talent is definitely there. And then on top of that, I think the enthusiasm is there. Like, after – like, when they won that game, he was ecstatic. You know what I mean? And he just – he feels like a guy who's going to be excited – when the the offense is doing well and with a bunch of young guys on that offense I feel like that kind of energy is going to feed them and once once he develops in that position and once Rich Scangarello assuming they stick with him which I think they should like they absolutely should he's he's an offensive coordinator doing it for the first time with his third fucking quarterback in the same season like it is right. and do you, yeah 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 and do you want Drew Locke to – do you want the continuity for the offense? Do you want Drew Locke to go through another offensive coordinator in his second year? I don't. No, and I think, like, I think they have a good chance to to grow together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're yeah. both kind of learning on the job. And assuming Scangarello really believes in Drew Locke and is willing to sort of help develop whatever – his offensive scheme is to Drew Locke's strengths, then I think there will be a lot of success there. And the Broncos do have a lot of draft picks. If they can actually develop their offensive line and hit on some offensive line help in the draft, and they have free agent money to spend this offseason, yeah, Drew Locke could help be could be that guy to help like flip the Broncos from a they're a shitty team with talent and a good defense to an actual competitive team next year. Um, yeah, absolutely. No, you, uh, I think you nailed it. Um, I think definitely keep continuity on both sides of the ball with coordinator and then obviously coach. Yeah. I think it was that saying, but like I was going to say, you know, that kind of offense doesn't translate um, or it doesn't, you know, I, I guess it doesn't hit full bloom over the course of one season, the Kyle Shanahan's offense is hitting its peak form in year three. There you go. Year three. And Shanahan was an offensive coordinator for a few years before that in uh, Atlanta. Right. And Sean McVay. I mean, like all of those guys have more experience in the NFL than Rich Scangarello. Like he's pretty fucking green. He was a quarterback's coach in San Francisco last year and like a, what, a year or two or whatever before that he was like coaching high school football so I think like he deserves a chance to fucking learn this yeah job. I mean everyone everyone like you said wants to crucify him because he called a couple of Noah Fant jet sweeps that didn't work out and uh he was conservative with Drew Locke and yeah he called some runs where the Broncos were ineffective running the ball right and, and okay so another thing is you know Kyle Shanahan's scheme like Obviously, it takes a while uh, for the players to catch on. But also, it takes a few years to get the right players for that scheme. And Kyle Shanahan's, you know, he's signed Matt Breida and uh, Tevin Coleman and and drafted George Kittle and all these guys that fit into the scheme. uh, And it's, you know, finally working. So give, you know, the Broncos – hopefully, you know, the the offensive coaches um, and the front office can work together – symbiotically and draft the right players for that offense um, and kind of get the most out of it. 
Yeah, and I think Noah Fant might be like – I'm not going to say he's George Kittle, but what we know about tight ends is first year for tight ends is not yeah. easy. And no. Fant's stats are actually really good, and obviously there's things he needs to get better at. But he looks like he can be a very good tight end, which is important for that, that offensive scheme. Mm-hmm. The Broncos, I feel like, have the running backs in place to do it. And with Cortland Sutton emerging as a fucking top five receiver, they're, you got to believe they're close. Yeah. Um, I think – so really quick, maybe like some positions that they can focus on in free agency or the draft. I think a surprising one is they might need another running back. Um. I don't you mean, know. If, you mean Devontae Booker's not getting it done as the third guy? Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know how I feel about Royce Freeman at this point in time. Maybe it's how they use him. Maybe it's uh, – I think it's how they use him. But a little if, bit. If, if they can use another guy, it's, it's a, a, a running back who has size and speed. You know what I mean? Right, because they've proven that they're not going to give Philip Lindsay 25 carries a game. Yeah, uh, and I'm not I, sure you should. No, um, but I think, yeah, I, and I think it might make sense to to grab a, a running back in the mid rounds or or sign a guy. And I don't know who's on the market this year, but um, there's usually a couple guys. No one like not a Le'Veon Bell type, but yeah, no, that's fair for Ezekiel Elliott. That's fair. They're gonna need. They can do that. They're gonna need to add depth at the defensive line. And that corner. corner. Corner might have to be a first-round pick. Obviously, yeah. tackle. Um, so, I think they'll take their BPA for sure. There are um, holes they have to go. fill. Yeah, a couple. <laughs> All right. Well, let's – did you have anything else about Drew Locke? That's it. We're excited. Broncos fans should be We're excited. We're excited. We have something to look forward to for these uh, next four games to close yeah. out the season. And that's – it feels like it's been a while since we've been excited. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it has. A win or uh, loss, yeah, it's it's going to be fun to watch at least, hopefully. Um, I covered this this week. Uh, Ron Rivera fired by the Panthers. Yeah. Did that – I guess there were reports he was on the hot seat, but that, that really surprised me. The timing was weird. So my question for you really quick, and then we can talk about maybe we can give one team where you think he'd fit really well. Um, but – what do you think about firing a coach that's been there for nine seasons in the middle of the year? Because on one hand, you know, it feels like, you know, the classy respectful thing to do as a franchise is let him finish out the season. Um, but on the other hand, their reasoning was they needed the extra month to uh, get ahead in the coaching search. And they said they wanted to give Rivera um, like a break and then his opportunity to, um, get a jump on uh, finding a team to coach. Right. R- Rivera handled it very, like, professionally. Yeah. Like he said, he, he appreciated the way they handled it. So you kind of have to, I guess, trust him that they did right by him if he's saying, like, he, he, re- he said something like he respected how honest they were with him and gave him reasons why they were letting him go. Uh, but from the outside, to me – I think it's kind of bullshit. <laughs> um, they, I, we've talked about this. I, I think the only reason you justify firing a, a coach during the season is if you believe you have his replacement on your roster. And they said they wanted to take a look at some of the guys internally 
which is the smart thing to say, whether that's if, – if they go with the Panthers uh, coach next year as their head coach, then fine. Like, that's the right thing to do. It's like we believe this interim head coach can be the guy. We like the way he's going to sort of plan and shape what we want to do. But I don't think they're going to do that. I feel like they're, they're going to bring in somebody. And David Tepper, the, the Panthers owner, said he wanted to put his stamp – on the on the team by you know getting his own guy so I think it's more of a David Tepper is he was saying like he was patient by sticking with Rivera last year and was patient by you know sticking with him this year but to me firing a guy four weeks short of the season shows the exact opposite of patience Um, I don't know I I can see it both ways Um, I think I, I guess I've never heard like we need the extra month to find a coach because what are you going to do? Like most of the coaches that you're, (laughs) that you are looking for are, um, are coaching currently, you know, you can't interview them until playoffs. (laughs) You're not helping your search at all. Yeah. Except for eliminating a guy on your current roster that you think might be capable of coaching. Yeah. Maybe a, a little audition for a quarter of the season. Perry maybe, Fuel. Uh, you know, maybe they're looking at a college coach. Maybe they really want to um, try to swoon. Uh, Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley, someone like that. So that's a possibility. Um, I, I just, I don't know. Um, I think you give coaches, long tenured coaches, uh, the end of the season. I, I only, you know, I only try to uh, think about coaches that should be fired in the middle of the season, people like Josh McDaniels or people that really lose the locker room. Yeah, I feel like guys that are doing your organization a big injustice by or, being there. Or like if your team's still in it and you're trying to – like early on, your team's fading and you're trying to like really spark a change. Although how often does that happen? How often does that work? Yeah, so. it feels like if, the, if you have to revert to that, you're already done. Yeah, you're already fucked. Kind of the Dan Campbell thing. All right, so Ron Rivera, um, another thing we wanted to talk – about before we get to most underrated offensive players and then our picks, kind of a weird story out of uh, San Francisco or, or maybe Baltimore was so the Ravens ran a lot of read option on uh, on Sunday against the 49ers. Um, they were wearing their all black uniforms as well. Uh, Lamar Jackson, their quarterback, as you may know, is uh, an African American fellow. So that prompted uh, 49ers radio color analyst Tim Ryan, who's been there a long time, he's, he's a big-time local guy here in California, uh, to say that it was hard to track the ball on those read options because the ball blends in with Lamar Jackson's dark skin. Um, and then most people cut this off. Like most articles didn't mention the context. And he said also the all-black uniforms. Right. It was hard to keep track of the ball, and it gave the Ravens a little bit of an advantage. You want the? Uh, I have the exact quote if you want it. Okay, yeah, yeah. He said, he's really good at that fake, Lamar Jackson, but when you consider his dark skin color with a dark football with a dark uniform, you could not see that thing. I mean, you literally could not see when he was in and out of the mesh point, and if you're a half step slow on him in terms of your vision, forget about it. He's out of the gate. So that was like the, the full quote. Um, right. And so um, the 49ers suspended Tim Ryan. Uh, they didn't really give a timetable. He's suspended, though, 
may, I don't know, I, I would assume for at least a few games, maybe the end of the season. I think this is bullshit, to be honest. I, I think this is really stupid. I think this is going way too far. Um, but I want to hear what you think about it, too. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I put it in the episode I'm going to upload later tonight. And um, I think the observation is weird. Like, I don't – okay, go ahead. I think, like, as, a, as an analyst, like, that's – well, the, the way I, I look at it is it feels like something you and I would write about <laughs> in an episode, which we have <laughs> saying Christian McCaffrey is so white – how can you tell where he is on the goal line? You know what I mean? Um, so I, I kind of agree with you in, in terms of it's pr- – he's probably going to be reprimanded more harshly than he should. Uh, but I, I do think it's an odd thing to bring up during a football broadcast. I guess so. Yeah, it's it's not something you hear yet brought up. Um, no, so like, no. I no, mean, and it's I, not. my flaw. I think the flaw in his observation is, if that's true, how come the Cleveland Browns don't have an advantage every time they're faking hands off handoffs because their uniform is the color of the football? Yes, but the difference is Baker Mayfield has uh, white arms. Yeah, but you put on a brown jersey yeah, or brown long sleeve. Maybe it is gloves. an advantage. It is an advantage, I guess. <laughs> Maybe he did – well, the uh, when the 49ers played the Browns, 49ers wore their red uniforms and the Browns wore their white uniforms. So, think about that. Hmm, interesting. So yeah, I mean, consider. I think people are going to try and label him as a racist or saying something racially which insensitive. Is which, which is, is really absurd. Yeah, I think that's probably wildly unfair. I think I think we live in a culture right now where if you bring up skin color that is not your own, you're running a giant risk at offending people. Right. And it it shouldn't be offensive. Uh you know, I and I don't know how people, you know, how someone with that skin color would take it. Um, I just, from my perspective, uh, the white person, uh, I don't think it's racist to, to note the color of someone else's skin. Yeah. Like it's not, it's it's how you identify different things in the world by shape, size, color. Like it's, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting thing to discuss. It was a really and, interesting thought, I, I thought, and, and maybe true a little bit. And maybe, you know, maybe he got it from talking to some of the players and the coaches before the game. Who knows? Yeah, who, I mean, I don't know. I, I think, um, like, we do comedy here with football analysis, and I think that gives us more leeway to say kind of whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. Um, but like, and also we write all of our jokes, I think from usually from a good place, unless yeah. it's like, unless it's shitting on Tom Brady, like usually mm-hmm. it's coming from oh, like, good. how do we make this funny? You know what I mean? Yeah. But when you're, when you're in that world of being considered like a professional in sports media, you don't have that leeway and right. it's not necessarily fair to the person and it is 
if a guy who's like, I don't know Tim Ryan, but you said he's like a fixture in San Francisco, right? Kind of yep. like, obviously he's been good at his job for a long time. Mm-hmm. And maybe like, I don't know whether a suspension like what it is right now is fair or not, but it would be really sad if he lost his job permanently for saying something that is construed as something that is not right. And the 49ers did something um, kind of uh, similar to their play by play guy uh, a few years ago. And I I'm trying to look up exactly what happened. Yeah. Ted Robinson, something happened with him too that I want to find out because Ted Robinson and, and Tim Ryan were kind of the guys uh, who did the radio call during like the Harbaugh era. Um, I want to find out what happened though. Maybe they don't have it. Um, okay. Yeah. We'll keep, we'll keep talking about this while I uh, figure it out. <laughs> I I definitely not like a thing I would have said. Well, that's – I mean, I think that's like that's the where thing. the 49ers are a little bit justified in saying, hey, we kind of have to suspend you because the optics of this are, are bad. But also just maybe reflect on how you painted that picture verbally. I guess so. Yeah, okay. So the 49ers suspended uh, Ted Robinson, who was their play-by-play guy back in 2014, for saying mm-hmm. – let's see – Okay, so while talking about Ray Rice during a segment on KNBRM on Monday, Robinson had this to say about Ray Rice's wife, Janae. How does she marry him after that? How does she go in front of Goodell? That's pathetic to me, Robinson said. And uh, the 49ers suspended him for that as well. Interesting. You know, uh, and I think we've been conditioned kind of in our society in recent years uh, – to not make bold statements um, that you know could ruffle feathers in any sort of way, uh, especially ra- like interracial um, kind of takes on anything. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I mean, I know like I am overly concerned about that writing. Like, yeah, yeah. If I think of something that's funny, but it might offend somebody because it is a joke about race, it makes me nervous. And but are we, worried, are we worried that – are we genuinely concerned about someone getting offended and hurting someone's feelings or – No, no, no. I'm worried about people – Towards us. Yeah, I'm worried about people being offended for the sake of being offended. You know what I mean? Right. We're not – you know, most of the time, if we really – like if we made like a because really off-color joke that – you know, if we like, you know, if you said something about like, say someone's uh, mom died and like you made fun of their dead mom, like that is legitimately offensive to that, that one person. And you would <laughs> be worried about hurting that person's feelings. Saying something like, you know, Lamar Jackson's uh, got an advantage on this read option because he's got dark skin and a, and a dark jersey with a dark football. Whose feelings are hurt? You know, or is it just like taboo? Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's just – I don't think I'm smart enough to answer that. But, like, I think in terms of the way we write, we never write anything that is aimed at trying to make – No. 
uh, a certain group of people uncomfortable. It's about yeah. trying to find a funny observation about something. And, I don't, and obviously, I don't think Tim Ryan was trying to do that at all. No, I don't think he was trying to either. I just think maybe the way he said it was, was odd. Yeah. I think. But, I mean, and also, we always have to, uh, you know, we also have to take note. We're just a couple of white guys uh, talking about yeah. this from uh, perspective, an outside perspective. So, If it if seems like not, it's out of touch by us or whatever that's yeah if you're not a white guy um we would you know feel free to you know chime in and and give us your take on it and maybe you know maybe we're wrong yeah you know we're open to to hearing uh all the different perspectives on this but uh i think the the lesson is the only skin color you should talk about is the your own Fair enough. That's why we can talk about how pasty Safely, Christian yeah. McCaffrey is, you know? Yep. Yep. I think you, it made me, I, I've been watching the league. Uh, uh-huh. I've never watched the league for whatever reason, but uh, I, I needed it. It's to me, it gives me hope that. Where are you, where are you watching it? I might, wa- I might have to rewatch that. It's on Hulu. Okay. It's, uh, it's written the way I would probably write a show. Like it's yeah. not super smart, but it's pretty kind of profane and vulgar and dude oriented humor, the way I would put it. Mm-hmm. But they were this last episode, they were talking about how like the way sports commentators talk about like guys of different races by like the adjectives they use to describe him. Oh yeah. And it was a pretty like on on the nose sort of, I thought, portrayal of how uh, sports commentators do that. But also, I just watched The Simpsons recently. Uh, one of the newer episodes, I think from this season, in the first oh, wow. one, it started with Homer and uh, Lenny and Carl watching, uh, it was basically Stephen A. Smith at work. And like, they were making fun of like the hot takes and Homer called in and just got like owned by Stephen A., which prompted Homer to start his own YouTube sports series called uh, Walk Off Homer, where he was going to review sports. And I just felt like, oh, shit, this is they are making fun of exactly what I'm doing. But then it turned into Bart coming in and Homer and Bart getting into like something and their video going viral because Homer was, you know, fighting with his kid. But uh, it was uh, yeah, that show needs and so 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 much for a while. It made me really. It made me feel really shitty about being like some nobody who just started to talk about sports on YouTube. I was like, oh fuck! That Yo, is... you're a nobody when you started. You're not a nobody now. Well, to the to the big world, I am. All right. Anyway, we went down a different path there. Yeah. So let's uh, you know let's just get into it. Talk talk with you. Under- underrated players. players from this season i think you i think we guess can have- what will we don't care whether they're black or white here nope we've got black people we've got white didn't people. even got, didn't even uh, think about race i can't even tell i don't know what color is kirk cousins even don't know <laughs> how fucked up would it be if you're like okay so these are our most underrated white players and these are our most underrated Asian black players, players and these are our most underrated uh don't know the race didn't take the okay. time to research it. Uh, speaking of being unprofessional, I have to go to the bathroom really badly. Oh, do it. <laughs> oh, okay, I had to, had to pee out some Windex there. Really burns on the really burns on the way out. So our most underpraid, underpraid, 
Oh, please. Underpraised. Underpraised. There we go. Uh, Will did just return from taking a pee. Um, And now we're getting into this, these players. Uh, Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Yeah, I'll start. Yeah, so our first guy is uh, Derrick Henry. I think – Derrick Henry. Yeah. I feel like he deserves some some praise. He's been better than uh, Saquon Barkley, than Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I think the only running backs he's behind right now really are Christian McCaffrey and uh, maybe Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Close. It's – yeah, it's basically those three guys have – I think dominated the running back position this year. Yeah. And he's really taken off in his last three games. So he's got uh, 1,140 yards total. He's averaging almost five yards a carry, but his last three games are 188 yards. as against the Jags. Um, 159 yards. I was against, uh, I don't remember who they played two weeks ago, uh, but they won. And 149 yards last week against the Colts. So really picking it up at the right time. Titans are making a playoff push. He is a huge reason why. Because uh, I'll, I'll just I'll just segue this into another underrated player we have, but that's Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. And he's averaging – Ryan Tannehill is averaging 9.1 yards per attempt. That doesn't happen unless uh, Derrick Henry is carrying the load, which he is because Ryan Tannehill uh, working a lot off of play action and not throwing the ball very much. Like he's throwing the ball – you know, I think he threw the ball maybe t- – 22 times last week. Um, so that's, you know, they've got their offense really, really zeroed in, I think, in Tennessee. Um, and a couple of underrated guys leading the way in Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Yeah, I think Ryan Tannehill just playing good football at the QB position really opened up uh, the, the chances for what have looked like – the Titans have looked like a good football team for the last couple of years but just really hindered by, you know, Marcus Mariota uh, outside of that weird playoff win over the the Chiefs. Um, But, yeah, when when you have a a quarterback not making mistakes, your running backs playing well, that offensive line's finally playing better again, and, uh, you know, I think the Titans – can get into the playoffs and, you know, kind of surprise some people. Obviously, like Titans fans won't be surprised, but I think there's the opportunity to kind of be a shocker in the playoffs, if you will. Yeah, um, definitely. Another shocker, not to us, but Cortland Sutton. Uh, I think he's received he's received some attention this year, but the fact that he's on pace to have a a great season and he's done it with now his third different quarterback. Like when you see a receiver shine with three different quarterbacks, I think it's a testament to the fact that they're really fucking good. Yeah. He's he's game proof. He's situation proof as a receiver, which is, you know, I I don't know the last time I've seen that. Yeah. He, it's like, I'm as excited about him as I was when, you know, Demarius Thomas and Eric Decker looked great when Peyton Manning arrived. So, um, Cortland Sutton, again, we've talked about him a ton, but he deserved to make this list. Yeah, he's gotten a little bit of attention um, from certain places. Definitely not enough, though. Someone brought up, and I don't remember who, uh, if that was Odell Beckham who made – 
you know, that, that contested catch in the end zone against the Browns and then that catch um, last week, the one-handed catch in the end zone from Drew Locke, we would have seen that replayed uh, 10,000 times. Yeah. And yeah, meanwhile, Odell Beckham, who we figured out is not scheme-proof and is not situation-proof, um, you know, I, I'd have Cortland Sutton over him 10 times out of 10 going forward. Oh, yeah, i take Sutton right now too. Uh, next player. Oh, wait. Okay, yeah, next player is Deshaun Watson. He yeah. gets a lot of attention. But I put Deshaun on this list because I feel like – you could argue he's the best quarterback in the league, but he gets kind of lost beneath Lamar Jackson having an insane year, yeah. Russell Wilson, and even Patrick Mahomes still. So the, the question I started to think about is, because Watson and Mahomes taken in the same draft, right now, would you, barring your, your, your hate for Kansas City, would you rather have Mahomes or Deshaun Watson as your quarterback? Well, whose situation do I get? Do I, if I get Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs offense, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. If I get Deshaun Watson with the Chiefs offense, I will take Deshaun Watson. And in a vacuum where with all replacement level players, I will take Deshaun Watson. Okay. So you're – And replacement level coaches. Um. I think that's interesting because I think most people would say Patrick Mahomes because he probably has just a little bit more arm talent than Deshaun Watson. But I think if you're looking at both of these quarterbacks and what they do, Deshaun, I feel like Deshaun Watson's a little bit better than Patrick Mahomes. I agree. I feel, I feel like he's faster than Mahomes. So when he scrambles, he's – I don't know. They, they both scramble so well and make plays out of nothing. But Mahomes had the injury this year to his knee. Deshaun Watson tore his ACL, what, his first season? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, Mahomes still probably trying to bounce back from that. But uh, I don't know, man. They're both just really good. But something feels – to me, it feels like Watson is doing a little bit more with, with like less. you're pointing out, maybe yeah. a little bit less. But, and that's not – I mean, fucking DeAndre Hopkins is probably the best receiver in the in the game. But Okay, but we were just talking about guys who are – well, yeah, guys who are scheme-proof. I would put Hopkins up there too. Yeah. But the Texans' line sucks. <laughs> like It does, yeah. It does. And, can you, and the okay. running game's not you reliable. Can Carlos Hyde, uh, can you name the starting tight end for the Texans? Oh, God, no. Is it C.J. Fedorowicz still? I don't think so. <laughs> That's the point, is who the fuck knows? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm just like, every time I watch Watson play, I'm really impressed. Yeah. So, And we're going to watch him play the Broncos this weekend. So, Yeah, um, we'll see. I'll probably, I'll probably be eating those words later. <laughs> okay, so another quarterback we have on here that's underrated is a guy who just lost and, and went to 0-8 on Monday Night Football, Kirk Cousins. Kirk um, Cousins. He's turned it around. Uh, he was pretty bad through, the, through a little stretch there in the, in the first part of the season, hit a low point against the Bears, and has been really, really good ever since. Um, he wasn't bad in that Monday Night game. He wasn't bad. No. There were, dude, both teams tried to lose that game. Like, it did. Yeah. That game got crazy 
good because both teams kept turning the ball over and making mistakes. Um, and that's why, like, I'm not sold on either of those teams necessarily. But Cousins, 23 touchdowns to four picks. He's got over 3,000 yards. Uh, once – and he's been doing a lot of that recently without Adam Thielen. So they're going to get better. And I think without Thielen, he's kind of learned to get Kyle Rudolph more involved in the game. And yeah. now when Thielen comes back, back and you have to defend all three of those threats, like the Vikings – could be a very dangerous team in the playoffs. And Kirk Cousins playing well. And he gets shit on. Kirk Cousins gets shit on a lot. More than most quarterbacks, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And because it's kind of fun. Because he's kind of he's kind of just too nice, maybe. I don't know. But I, I feel like he's he's playing really well, and it should be acknowledged. Yeah. Um, okay, so maybe we can go through uh, the next few of these guys a little quicker. Uh, we got Darren Waller from the Raiders. Obviously, we know about his story. Um, formerly uh, a drug addict, now kind of entering his full season clean and sober. And uh, as a result, 66 catches, 807 yards, and three touchdowns in a kind of uh, – in in a Raiders offense where you wouldn't expect anyone to have big receiving numbers. No, he's playing really good football. And the Broncos saw him week one, and he looked, you know – he looked yeah. elite. And yeah, and that that was like we were wondering, like, okay, that we're just still don't know how to cover tight ends. <laughs> right. Turns out he's just really good. He's really good. Um, also, I think like the Raiders aren't a great team. We thought they were starting to be good. Now they're kind of they're playing shitty again. So uh, at least they can they can say, hey, we got a good tight end. Yeah, and score, uh, outscored 70-something to 12 in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, and a uh, guy who may or may not be – a couple guys who uh, possibly rookies. DJ Chark, we have no idea if he's a rookie or not. But um, he's got 58 catches, eight touchdowns, and 880 yards with uh, Gardner Minshew and Nick Foles, which is not the greatest situation to be in. Uh, and regardless, he's producing. Yeah, and the same goes for Terry McLaurin, right? Yeah, um, yeah, three quarterbacks so far this year. He's a guy who had a really hot start to the season. Uh, he hasn't had a touchdown since like week five or six. Uh, but all three of our receivers who made this list have performed with three different QBs this season. So when your team's going through those kind of changes, they're not going to be a good team or a popular team. So the good players are kind of going to get overlooked. But uh, DJ, Terry, Cortland, all first and second year players, and I think they're all going to be pretty good wide receivers outside of maybe Terry who could get screwed just by the fact that he is playing for the potatoes in a miserable organization. Correct. Uh, and our last guy is, uh, I think, really underrated. It was a good call by you. Fred Warner, the inside linebacker for the 49ers. Uh, we, the guys that get talked about on that defense are obviously – Richard Sherman and Nick Bosa and Fred Warner just quietly has 92 tackles and three sacks for that team. Yeah. And I think we saw him do some impressive uh, stuff defending the pass against the the Ravens when the 49ers and Ravens played uh, just one of those guys, you don't really know his name and now you do. So you're welcome. <laughs> 
Yeah, super instinctive, uh, just a super smart player. And, yeah, not highly touted coming out of BYU. I think – and I think, like, the overall, the linebacker position is kind of undervalued in the NFL. But yeah. teams that start to play well, I think it, it – for the – as a Broncos fan, watching Alexander Johnson emerge as a, a linebacker who can play the run and cover the pass, like, that makes a huge difference for your team uh, to yeah. schematically compete with the way offenses – run these days so I think just in general that position's kind of undervalued so absolutely right, um, okay, so that leads us into the picks for uh this week I didn't write down what our uh what our record is but you're ahead I'm ahead that's all you need to know uh so we've got a dandy tonight for Thursday night football my my Dallas Cowboys at the Chicago Bears <laughs> uh fuck Cowboys three-point favorites on the road. Dallas playing on Thursday night again. What is this, like the third? No, I guess second time. Straight, yeah, just prime time. Prime time, Cowboys. Sucking dick in prime time, as is tradition. I will take uh, – uh, give me the Bears. Ooh, Bears at home, huh? Yep. Thursday night at home, yeah. Bears. Okay. I'm going to take the Cowboys. Two teams that have had uh, way too many prime times. Primetime games this year. Yeah, Ravens. Yeah. This is a good game. It Ravens, is. Bills. Baltimore, five and a half point favorites. Josh Allen could have made my underrated list, but he got a lot of attention uh, from his Thursday Thanksgiving performance. I am rooting for Josh Allen. I really am. But uh, Ravens are just, they're the most complete team in the, the league. So I think they win. Yeah, hard to pick against the Ravens at this point. So I'll go with you there. Um, Redskins at Packers. Packers are favored by 13 at home. Uh, the Redskins have actually played pretty well the last couple of weeks. I've been pretty impressed with Dwayne Haskins. That's why you don't ride off a quarterback after one you know, game. His first two or three starts. Uh, very stupid to do. And getting Darius Geis back for them is huge. Him and yeah, Adrian Peterson been. were great last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, if. If Washington can run against Green Bay the way they did against Carolina, they could win that game. But I'm going to take the Packers. Green Bay hasn't been super impressive recently, but I'll take the Packers as well. All right, our Denver Broncos at the Houston Texans. Texans favored by nine and a half. I think that's a little high. I'm going to pick the Broncos to cover, but the Texans to win outright. Yeah, I think the Texans win, I think, nine and a half against – the Broncos, who have lost two games by maybe that margin, what, once or twice this season? Every game's been close. Yeah. Um, uh, one interesting note about this game, Kareem Jackson coming back to Houston, and then Bradley, Bradley Roby. Roby. And Roby had a hell of a game against the Patriots. So, uh, Oh, yeah, because you, you mentioned that he was uh, – he, like, uh, tributed the game to his grandfather who just passed away. Yeah. And I saw Roby's, like, he had a post on Instagram, and I forgot that you told me that. And there was just, like, a quote uh, about, like, honoring his – well, the quote was something about him being blind, Mm -hmm. and it was, like, a picture of Roby hitting Tom Brady. I was like, oh, is he talking shit about Brady and how bad he played? And then I realized he was talking about his grandfather was blind, 
and that he dedicated the game to him. But at first I got so excited that Roby was saying Tom Brady played like he was blind or something. And I was like, oh, no, he was just being sentimental and honoring his, his grandfather. Well, good for you for reading between the lines on that one. Yeah, it took me a minute. <laughs> little subtext from Bradley Roby. I was like, oh. talking. Because I'm always looking for something to talk about. And I was like, call it Brady blind. That's fucking great. Oh, no, this is literal blindness, which. Yes. This is actually and, it, I, and then I thought, because isn't DeAndre Hopkins' mother blind too? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's kind of crazy that they're both on the same team now. But who do you think has a better game, Jackson or Roby? Kareem Jackson. I, right. a better player. I like it. So we're both taking yeah, the Texans awesome. to win. Kareem Jackson's been awesome this year. Yeah, he's he's an underrated player. Very much so. Speaking of. Uh, and, oh, yeah, Alexander Johnson, too, but we already did a video about him. All right, 49ers at Saints. Another good game. Saints favored by two and a half, Will. I'll take the Saints. You're going to take the Saints? Yep. Uh, you know what? A point you hit in the Patreon episode about – kind of being more impressed with the saints when they had Teddy Bridgewater was something I was thinking about. And I was really glad you put it in there because they haven't looked quite as good with Drew Brees. And I think you made a great point about Teddy being in there and maybe the whole team kind of trying to pick it up a little bit more without him. Uh, But because the saints have looked pretty beatable recently. So yeah, they have, they have, you just Uh, took the saints. Really? I took the saints. Yeah. I'll take the 49ers. Okay. Uh, The Cleveland – I was going to say the Cleveland Bengals. Uh, The Cincinnati Bengals, who just got their first win against the Jets at the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland favored by eight and a half. That is way too much, in my opinion. Andy Dalton looked really good coming off the bench. Uh, Zach Taylor got his first victory as an NFL head coach. Ah, man, I this is actually to tough. Bengals, but I'm going to take the Browns because they're at home. Yeah, I'll, I'll, take the, I'll take the Browns, too. Not too much to say about this game. Browns are done. I'm tired about hearing about them. Uh, that's Yeah, I'm, I'm done with them. Uh, Panthers a- at Falcons. Falcons are three-point favorites at home. This is an interesting game now because – It is. The Falcons keep looking like they might be ready to turn it around. They have a coach on the hot seat. Carolina playing without Rivera for the first time. Usually when teams make that coaching change, they play really well the next game. Yeah, I'll take the Panthers. Ooh, yeah. I'm going to take the Falcons because I think they're getting Austin Hooper back. And he's been a big part of that offense. All right, Lions at Vikings. Vikings favored by 13. I guess it's David Blau again at quarterback. So oh, yeah. Blau's back. Taking, I will, as a result, I will be taking the Vikings. Didn't Detroit sign Kyle Sloter? They did. Okay. Well, oh, yeah, Blau looked really good early. And then, yeah, I'll take the Vikings. <laughs> Dolphins at Jets. Uh, uh, Jets are five-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I think that's a little high right now. It is. It really is. Uh, Dolphins won in the first game uh, in Miami. Dolphins are like, – Brian Flores has to be considered for coach of the year, doesn't he? Maybe. I mean, he's doing he the most away. with the least. Absolutely. 
But Dolphins have three wins now. I think they're going to beat the Jets. I think the Jets get back on track a little bit. The Jets just moved C.J. Mosley to IR, I believe. They're, the, Jet, the Jets' defense has played well at times. Sam Darnold, obviously up and down. But when he's playing well, the Jets look like a decent team. Um, I don't know. I just feel like the Dolphins will win, even though the Jets are favored. Uh, I didn't get to mention this earlier, but I thought that uh, Ron Rivera would be a nice fit for the Jets if they fired him. He would. I think he would be a good fit there, and I think he – well, I think he would be the right fit for the Cowboys. Yeah. He's not a guy who's going to do whatever Jerry Jones says, so I don't know if that will actually happen. But that team has the talent there, especially on defense, for him to be like a really good fit to help, I think, turn the Cowboys into an actual good team. But who knows if it'll happen. Uh, Where were we? Uh, Colts, Colts. Buccaneers. Buccaneers are a very dangerous team. Uh, Their front seven has been playing really, really well. Uh, Devin White had uh, a pick and a fumble recovery for a touchdown last week. Shaq Barrett's got something like 14 and a half sacks. He's close to – to beating, I think, Warren Sapp's franchise record for sacks in a single season. Very cool. So, uh, reading for him on that one. And Indomitian Sue's still right there, right? Yeah, Indomitian Sue. Colts are really fading. Um, yeah, Colts have too many injuries. Uh, Adam Vinatieri is the, the – He's hurt. He might not even play. Yeah. Hurt. They signed – they took a waiver on a kicker. Uh, I'll take Tampa Bay at home too. Yeah, taking Tampa Bay. Um, the Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers at the Jacksonville Yaguars. Afternoon game for some reason. Chargers uh, favored by three on the road. They are. They do not deserve it. I will take the Jaguars here. Jaguars get Minshew back. Uh, I think that's kind of – I think that's the right call too. And – it pains me to say that because I really like Nick Foles, but um, I don't know. I would like to watch that game in its entirety, but I'm not going to. Well, that's probably because, you know, if you're watching Red Zone, they're going to be showing a lot of this next game. The Chiefs, Chiefs at the Patriots. Patriots. Woo, doggy. And let me just say, I am going to take the Chiefs. I'm going to take them Chiefs too. Oh, man. I, we have to. We went all in on committing to the yeah. end of the, the Patriots. And fuck the Patriots. Okay, but the last time, this is a big controversy for you personally, last time these two teams met, you publicly went on record as uh, someone who was going to root for the Chiefs. I will root to for Go it. to the Super Bowl because they're playing the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, you caught a lot of flack. Do you stand by the decision? Will you do it again? I will root for – any team with great passion to beat the Patriots. All right. All right. Digging your own grave. I see. Here is my football order. My love for the Broncos, number one. Hate for the Patriots, number two. Hate for the AFC West teams, three. So, yeah, the Patriots trump the Chiefs. I just want to remind you that the Patriots dynasty will end eventually. And there yeah. will 
still be, you know, the Chiefs will still be in the AFC West. We'll still be rivals. Don't care. I'll deal with that then. Right now, it's about today, and I think we've got a little problem for the Chiefs dynasty. His name is Drew Locke. That's right, baby. <laughs> Best quarterback to play in the state of Missouri in Ever. the last two years. Drew Locke. Uh, yeah, so we'll take the Chiefs. Steelers at Cardinals. Uh, Pittsburgh's Steelers. only favored by three. Super Bowl rematch. Super Bowl rematch. Do, do you keep forgetting that the Steelers are a playoff team, Will? Because I do. I do. I absolutely do. Uh, I don't want to see them in the playoffs. I have no I'll idea. Yeah, I have no idea how they've won, what, seven games now? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, Tomlin's doing a, a coaching Do not job. Want to, oh, yeah, he, no, he's been great. Do not want to see this team in the playoff game, though. No, they're, they have a, a, a – their defense has turned it around, but I do not want to see Duck Hodges against Buff- Tom Brady. Give me Buffalo and Tennessee, please. For yeah. the fuck. Um, I, yeah, we're both taking the Steelers here. Uh, and the Titans at the Raiders. Titans only two and a half point favorites. I think the Titans are going to smack the Raiders by at least a touchdown. I have no uh, basis for this whatsoever, but I'm going to take the Raiders. Take the Raiders. Can't explain it. I just feel it. All right. Then we've got Seahawks Rams. Um. Ram it, baby. I think they, they caught a little fire yesterday. I think it carries over. Sean McVay uh, said he was an idiot for not giving the ball to Todd Gurley more. I think he's right to give it to him uh, <clears throat> at, in this last stretch. Rams are going to make a push. Seahawks were trying to lose that game on Monday night. Uh, short week for them. I think they do lose this game. Yeah, I'll take the the Rams too. They they're in a desperate sort of position, um, and I think there might be some back and forth for that top NFC spot between Seattle, San Francisco. So we'll both take the Rams. And then I forgot to put it here, but then Monday night is Eli Manning starting for the Giants against the Eagles in Philly. Oh, two uh, two NFC East primetime games this week. Fuck. Uh, awesome. Such a cool. bad division right now, too. Awesome. Cool. Uh, none of these teams should go to the playoffs. That's fair. None of them. None of them deserve it. Sorry. Who do you take? Philly or Does Eli? It Does it matter? I'll take Philly. Yeah. I mean, the Giants just have too many problems right now. So, yeah. unless Saquon Barkley starts running the ball effectively again. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to take Philly. Those are our picks. We did them. Okay. That is, uh, you, what number episode is this? Do we know? I don't know. Sixties somewhere. Seventies, sixties or seventies. I hope we haven't missed episode 69. I don't think we have. I think we know. Maybe this is six. Maybe you, it came to your mind because this is the 69th. No, it came to my mind because, and I'm going to find out here. It came to my mind because I was listening to another podcast that hit episode 69. Yeah, it's the podcasting milestone that lets you know you made it. I I agree. We've been doing this for, well, it's like a year and a half. Yeah, year and a half. Longer than anyone would have suspected, for sure. Longer than anybody wanted. 
Longer than most. Yeah, exactly. All right. Find the number so I can end it. All right. Um, does it say? Does it say? No. It's mostly just people complaining about the, the channel being changed. God forbid we give them the options to listen to even more sports podcasts. Yeah, I'm so sorry people have to go through that. Yeah, uh, I think you stopped stop writing the episodes. The number. Yeah, I stopped. Oh, well, we'll find out. Um, it doesn't matter. It's funny because there's a lot of people who are really encouraging when I partnered the channel with Blue Wire. Yeah. And then there are people like, I only came here for you. Gotta unsub, which I was like, okay. Well, we're we're still posting the episode every Thursday. It's like television. Like, there are, there are probably a lot of shows on NBC that you didn't watch, but you still watched The Office when it came on. And yeah, maybe yeah, every now and then you watched like, another show and like, oh, I like Parks and Recs too. I'm a Browns fan. Here's like, a Browns podcast. Other, hopefully, yeah. Try them out. Uh, no one's making you listen to them. Uh, yeah. We are making you listen to this, though. Yeah, you that must, is. You, if you don't must people, listen to this show. Must listen. And it, it's growth for uh, our channel and for uh, for you and I, too. That so seems. you know, if you're a real one, we know you support. Yeah, and hopefully some other podcast listeners find our podcast. And like, oh, we like this show too. That's the point. The point yes. was there are people like Will and I who are doing podcasts. Not for money, but because they want to talk about sports. And I thought, here's a place they can hopefully help them do it. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Bye.